Three sure signs of a healthy couple. Mm, three sure signs. Sure signs. Sure signs. Note, however, they are not the three only signs of a healthy couple. <laughs> We're just saying that these ones for sure you will find in every healthy couple. Right. Um, and so I think they're worth taking a look at today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But in order to know and understand more deeply these three sure signs, mm. we have to look at the opposite of them <laughs> or yeah. kind of the opposite of the underlying foundation. So our, our conversation is going to be around gospel-fueled humility today. And if we're looking at humility, then we are also taking a big look at pride. So Proverbs eight thirteen says, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So there's a lot about pride in the Bible. I know that's just one verse. We have a lot of verses. But let's just kind of start there. How get you thinking about pride on this side, and then we'll talk about humility on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Like moss on a Mississippi tree stump. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> you already got a thing. Why you got to make your own thing? All right. Yeah, that was it better was, though. That was gotta, a better transition. I was got to fancy it up. <laughs> you do. No, you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> not Michael Scott. You know what? You know you I'm need not. to learn a thing or two about contentment. All right. About who is just your office? It. Who is your office person? Don't you know that changes the devil? <laughs> we don't change anything. I think you're 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 an Andy. What? You're a bit of an Andy. No. Definitely Creed. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> definitely Creed. Yeah. No, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Okay? I'm definitely Dwight. <laughs> I'm, I'm on Twitter. I've been dabbling for the last few months on Twitter. I've been there for like 10 years, but I just haven't really been there. And so I've actually started reading. <laughs> been there, but you haven't been I've there. I've had an account and I've had followers, but I've tweeted like once a year, right? Until the last three months. Anyway, I got this idea in my head. I was like, one of the... <laughs> It's like one of the biggest tragedies of modern evangelicalism is the lack of appreciation for dot, 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 the creeds. And, and it was a picture of creed in four There's different like... situations. <laughs> I got Just... I got like six likes on it. So, you know, big hit went viral. If I was on Twitter, I would like it. I mean, yeah. I am on Twitter, but I don't ever pay attention to it. Listeners, if you're on Twitter, let's be Twitter friends. My handle is Ryan Fred. Simply Ryan Fred. I don't know what mine is. Is it Selena still Fred. photos? <laughs> Selena Fred is your handle. <laughs> I don't even know why you, I need to just like shutter your account. Because it's not really your account. It's mine that I set up for you, I it's think. It's mine. So put all your like B-roll stuff there. <laughs> no, because... Uh, see yeah. what works. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Whatever goes, whatever goes off on your account, I'll put on mine, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to us today. We are feeling sprightly, as you can see. We are excited <laughs> to talk about uh, three sure signs of a healthy couple. But before we do that, as always, we want to thank our listeners, mm. raters, and reviewers. Thank you. Thank you for those. If you haven't done that, please go ahead and do that. We, that's how we get around the internet mm. faster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually trying to find, I flagged a message that somebody sent in, um, and it was just an amazing, um, testimony. Go ahead and keep going through the rundown. I'll try to or go through the thing. I'll try to find If you it. want to support this podcast, you can do so via Patreon. Uh, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Fierce Marriage. 
And definitely pray about that with your spouse. And if you guys want to support financially, that is the kind of direct way you can do that. If you want to lock arms with us and partner with us on mission for the gospel and marriages, uh, that is a tangible way you can do that. And we are very grateful for that. We have been able to take the steps towards transcriptions, uh, towards interviews, and we have much more that we want to unfold. But uh, yeah. It's been helpful. And there's, you know, bonuses and insider information on if you become a patron as Actually, well. Actually, you become, you get free books, right? That's what I said. Sorry, I was reading bonuses. something. Well, but they're not just like, hey, you get this download thing. You get you get books and rings and all that kind of stuff. But don't do it for that. Do it because God is leading you. Yeah. You want to lock arms yeah. with us. Um, Why don't yeah. you run that promos thing? Promos thing? What are you talking about? Well, look at your rundown. I'm not looking at it. I'm trying promos to find Promos and else. discounts. I didn't see Charles Minor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when this. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, well, Valentine's Day is in like three days from now. So, hate to say it, but if you don't have a gift for your spouse by now, I'm probably not going to, unless you either, go to the store. Peter, you're taking a, a, a moral stand against this consumerism holiday that is Valentine's Day, or you're just thinking, Which you know what? There. It's we've a fun there. opportunity to, to, to buy something fun or to do something to buy fun chocolate. with your spouse. To buy chocolate, yes. Yummy things. Anyway, um, so we were running a Valentine's Day promo, but I'm, I'm, that's that's actually over by the time this this airs. So instead, go to seethroughbook.com <laughs> and jump on the launch team, because See Through Marriage is a book that's coming out in about three months, and we are going to need uh, as many kind of... Yes. Uh, I don't know, advocates as we can possibly get to get that word out. It's all about transparency, living in the light as we, as he is in the light, walking Mm. in the light as he is in the light. And um, basically how we are, the idea of transparency is that the clearer we are, we use a stained glass analogy. Mm. The cover is really cool. And stained glass being that we're not perfect. We're like shards of glass and there's different hues and colors and things that we all reflect and we all do that in our own unique way. But the whole point is that we're more beautiful be, when we are transparent and the light can shine through us, what makes stained glass beautiful is the light, right. not the stained glass itself. But if without light, you can't even see it, but right. you need light. And Jesus is the light and we are called to be transparent and let him shine through all of mm. our imperfections mm-hmm. to be glorified. Right. And that's the whole premise of the book. See Through Marriage um, is the name of the book. Go to seethroughbook.com. The little form there, just give us your name, your email, social security number, credit card information. I'm kidding. Name You're and email. Born. <laughs> yes. And some of them are like, yep, take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you can be a part of that launch process. So, um, yeah, I was trying to find an email somebody sent in. It was about, um, it was how God had basically done a miracle, mm. uh, in their marriage. And it was, um, just know that, uh, that a, we get these, um, B, we do pray for you. Mm-hmm. Um, we prayed for you before we started this podcast. Now we don't know all your names, but um, we're just so thankful whenever we get to see what God's done. So please do write those in um, um, if you have any kind of testimonies and things. You just go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. Use the the request uh, the question form there. You can share a story. Um, yeah. So let's get in the topic for today. Let's get Sounds into that. Good. Sounds good. Okay. So three sure signs of a healthy couple. So I, this actually came from an Instagram post. Um, if you're unaware, we are on Instagram. We share these about three times a week. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is what we try to do. 
sometimes more, sometimes less. You know how it goes. But basically, try, it's like a little devotional for your marriage. And so if you're following us, it's just at Fierce Marriage, you'll be able to see um, kind of this content come through. And I usually will write this content. And we'll, it'll come out of some conversation we've had or it'll come out of just maybe my personal devotional time. And I'll sit down and, and, and write it. Um, and for this one, it was like, man, I just I, I feel like soft hearts – Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing that came to mind is like, there's all this study around. So if you go to Gottman, I think it's Gottman Institute, they do a study and like they can predict if a marriage is going to succeed or fail within like 93% accuracy. Mm-hmm. I just pulled they've that number out. They've been around for years and years and yeah, studies. And I think they're, I don't know if they're Christian, but they're... No, they're Jewish, Jewish I think. Yeah. Um, I think they're, um, yeah, like whatever. They're, they're definitely they're Jew- Jewish. They're not... Yeah. Um, no, messianic. messianic yeah. um, but anyway, they've done like these longitudinal studies over decades of these couples, and they've done interviews in, in the beginning, and then middle, and then at the end, and and basically they're saying like the thing that the biggest predictor of whether or not a marriage um, uh, will succeed, a relationship will succeed, has to do with uh, how they deal with disagreement, basically. Hmm how they deal with conflict and that how they deal with disagreement has to do with their their sense of respect for each other. Mm. It's not my body of work. So I don't want to, I'm probably misarticulating. I don't want to misrepresent it, but essentially that's what they're getting at. Yeah. And so I got to thinking about that. Well, what, are, what is the underlying thing or what are the kind of the, the, the themes that usually will drive being able to work through conflict. Mm. And so I came up with these kind of three indicators, these three sure signs um, that are definitely uh, playing in. And the three sure signs, I'll just say them, um, and we'll talk about these in much greater detail, is mutual respect, soft hearts toward each other, and then transparency about everything. And so if you, you can you can take those big ideas. We're going to do two things. We're going to take those big ideas. We're going to talk through them. And we're going to kind of point to how those filter through to the other issues of marriage, whether it's intimacy or finances or communication or priorities and time. Uh, that's kind of on the output side of the equation. But on the input side, there's these underlying presuppositions, the un- underlying beliefs and underlying understanding of what is pride and what mm. is humility. Where does pride come from? Where does humility come from? And what is biblical pride? versus worldly pride, what is biblical humility versus worldly humility. So we're going to look at all that and hopefully you kind of see the origins. You see the kind of how the, the begin it starts to play out in these big ideas, these three big ideas, and then how we can apply that or how that trickles down into the other aspects of our marriage. Is that a good, a good, good to primer? Me. Check. So that's kind of where we're headed. We're trying to get there in the next 20 to 30 minutes or so. So uh, buckle down. It's going to get good. Buckle down. <laughs> buckle down. Don't you want to say buckle up? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> hunker down. <laughs> Buckle up and hunker. I don't know. All right, it is kind of early. It is a little early. It is a little early right now, so I'm not quite there yet. But So, so. at the root of every healthy relationship lies humility. Mm. Why? Why? Because the most toxic sin and the opposite of humility is pride. We see pride mm. in Genesis 3. Uh, pride puffs up. Pride is self-sovereign. Pride is self-seeking. Why do we see pride in Genesis 3? So in Genesis 3, we see pride enter the garden through the serpent. Okay. Why don't you read it? Yeah. Okay. So he said to the woman, this is the serpent speaking to Eve. Did God actually say you shall not eat any of the, of the tree of, in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Uh, the serpent said to the woman, 
Surely you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. So they're complicit in this crime. Uh, you said it. <laughs> no, they, they, I mean, no, they are. They, they, they are. They are. But the but the lie. So the lie is one of pride. So did God really say that? Like, come on, you know a little bit better than God. God said this, but you know better than God because right. He said because you'll surely die, but you're not going to die, right? You know that. He just God doesn't. You're not going to die like on the spot, is what He's implying. And well, no, He's and, he, he was a it was a bald faced lie. You're yeah. not going to die. God's lying to you, and yeah. if you eat of it, you're going to be like Him, and He doesn't want you to be like Him. He's just a tyrant. He's just holding you down. Right. Okay, so Eve Eve bought the lie, and right. it was her pride that said. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is good for eating. Maybe it's better for me to eat it than not. To, maybe it's better to disobey God than it is to obey God. <laughs> well, you, at that point, you don't think about it in those terms. You're just justifying it. I mean, I think if you just put our sin right, into perspective, I'm right? articulating no, kind of the thought process, but that's definitely the underlying belief. And we can justify we, anything uh, in yes. our minds, right? Any type yes. of sin, any type of disobedience, especially when pride mm. is involved. I was trying to like <laughs> give you an an illustration of, of like pride is like it's like our our stove in the kitchen like it's a gas stove and so pride is like when you turn that fire on it just everything starts boiling like everything starts going and you're just you're like is pride the stove or the gas like, or wait, the fuel what which, is which it or the fire the, what and i'm how, like but, so how is, is this unclear how is the boiling bad sometimes you want to boil something <laughs> Like, I'm just like pride that's is what a stove is for. Pride is like the little <laughs> flicker of fire though on like a You could have just been like it's a wildfire, right? It's you light a match and it yes, starts a wildfire. Yes. So <laughs> C.S. Lewis wrote once that pride is spiritual oh. cancer. I'm just going to jump to C.S. Lewis because he says things mm. way better than I do. For pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. But there's good news. This is he didn't say that. Hold he on. said, but there's good news. Hold off, because I want to, we'll get into the good news part. But I, I feel like C.S. Lewis is smart enough to use words on purpose. He said <laughs> it's spiritual cancer. Yeah. It wasn't just like this pejorative cancer, like it's a bad, generally bad thing. He's saying it's a cancer, which cancer is, is what? It's when cells don't know when to stop multiplying mm. and they end up taking over different organs they different crowd out different parts of your body like if you have a brain tumor usually you die because there's too much pressure on your brain and mm. it ends up you know there's other things and it ends up dividing tissue and all that sort of stuff yeah. so like pride is this it's it's like a wildfire like you said when a cell divides it's one cell into two mm -hmm. two cells into four four into eight 16 32 64 128 so it, and it's it's exponential yeah. and so it grows and it's like it just takes off and so it's a spiritual cancer in that it crowds out much like a, yeah. a tumor would crowd out space for healthy tissue pride crowds out the ability he says it it, it eats up the very possibility of love mm. so if you have pride it's going to crowd out the possibility of love true i think biblical love yeah. in your relationship in the fullest sense it's going to crowd out the possibility for contentment if god says you have more than you need i i will take care of your needs i will i will always be there for you i will be enough for you you have everything you need for life and godliness god says that but if we say no well, i need this house or i need that job or <laughs> i need that thing or i need or i need that you know this aspect of our relationship it's gonna that's a sense of pride it's gonna crowd out our ability for contentment that wasn't a jab at you by the way <laughs> <laughs> We've been having the conversation around the house, the house thing. Um, 
in just to have give you a glimpse into our real time <laughs> marriage here, <laughs> like as of ten minutes ago. <laughs> um, it's all good. You've been great, by the way. Um, so, but it, and and here's what he also says: it crowds out, it eats up the possibility of our common sense. Mm-hmm. So, think back to even the garden again. Common mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. What what's better? Do I trust God, who I'm, who I've walked with? in the garden, this, this mm. creator God, or do I trust this little slithering serpent? Mm. What's common sense in that sense? It's don't trust the serpent, trust God, <laughs> trust the guy who created everything. Not the yeah, guy isn't that... it funny that we, we lean towards the, the, the off limits, right? We're like, well, mm. and maybe yeah. that's an after, Here you that's have, a post sin thing, right? There's a thousand trees in the garden. You can eat of 999 of them. <laughs> And they're all delicious, and they're all perfect, and they're all what you need. Right. And you had to go eat the one. How is that common sense? That's, yeah. I mean, it's clear that there's a sin. There's a sin nature in there. There's something in us that uh, yeah. that you know. So, I think C.S. Lewis is very articulate in that saying. It's a, it's a spiritual cancer. I would even go as far to say it is it's a cancer for your marriage, because. Um, the worst thing about pride is it's oftentimes a blind killer. You don't even know it's killing you, right? Because you're you're blind. You're blinded with pride, right? So let's let's try to have soft hearts here. And so the the antidote to that, and that you started saying, and the what is the good news, Selena? There's, what is the good news? Is is the gospel first of all? But gospel fueled humility mm. is kind of our our key underlining foundation of where we're starting. Um, this is where the three sure signs of a healthy couple can can be found is in this gospel fueled humility. Christ is king, so we don't have to be. We're all sinners saved by grace and we're loved by God, so there's no need to pretend otherwise, but we we do. And so what do I mean? What do we mean by gospel centered sorry, gospel fueled humility? <laughs> we're yeah. gospel centered. There's a lot of gospel centered, not gospel fueled in our <laughs> gospel vocabulary. Gospel gospels. A lot of the gospels. So So Oh, go ahead. What, you're going to define the gospel first, this, this the really good news. succinctly? Yep. Yes, that we are sinners saved by grace, and Jesus lived the life we can't live, died the death we should have died, and rose again, defeating death. And so, he will return and again. And he will return again, And our yes. hope is in, in his return and... And is in his life, his death, his resurrection, and his return. That's I think that's the part that really gets me is that that is the source of our hope. Mm. That is the object of our hope. Yes, that reality, not whatever reality I feel now. So that's when we say gospel fueled. That baseline truth and reality is the is the very foundation that we build on top of right. to get to a place of humility. Right. So. Bef- well, Go ahead. And Ephesians 2, and I'm not going to read all of 1 through 10, but it's it's the title of the, the chapter of that section is By Grace Through Faith. So just reading, obviously, through our Bibles and, you know, studying about what does the gospel mean. I mean, the whole Bible is a message of the gospel um, around Jesus. But talking about, you know, how are we saved? What is this? What tangibly is, is the gospel for us and in our lives? It, and just the first few verses, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air, the spirit that is now mm. at work in the sons of disobedience. And then you go down a few more verses, uh, verse four, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us uh. alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him. And yeah, you can keep reading those, but that... By grace, we are saved through faith. And mm. that is where this, this good news of the gospel, and again, you'll, we're going to talk about these themes of knowing the gospel, knowing, having, 
knowing the gospel gives us a right perspective of ourselves, yeah. which fuels and enables us to also have softer hearts to respect each other at a deeper level, which all of this brings out how well, we interact with each other, like how we function together, right? Yeah, in in yeah. the in the right way, in the godly way. I want to tease out something you read in Ephesians real fast because we talked about pride being the cancer, and we mm-hmm. talked about the gospel being the antidote or the cure mm-hmm. for it. So, if pride is what we see, if pride is what we see in the garden with Eve and the serpent, then the antidote to that is seeing how Jesus has basically cured us of that sickness, that that sinfulness that was born there in that moment mm-hmm. that has carried through humanity that's that's birthed our own sinfulness. We are born in need of this grace. And the antidote itself is that we, um, what does it say? But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with mm-hmm. Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So it's the it's the antidote to that pride. Mm-hmm. Meaning that I don't have to act in my own sinful pride. I can I can respond to the gospel, and I can trust that um, I can trust that God's way is a better way. That I can see right. that story and I can respond in a better way. So, okay, so let's go ahead and just re- redefine and clearly and quickly, succinctly define pride here. All right, just for a minute. So uh, we read the verse. I think you said the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. God hates pride. Basically. Uh, pride goes before destruction. That's Proverbs 16. A haughty spirit before a fall. It's better to be of lowly spirit with the, with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. So the biblical view of pride is in contrast to the worldly view. The worldly view thinks pride is more of like just a um, kind of taking a, uh, having a strong sense of identity, mm-hmm. whether it's a group identity or some sort of personal accomplishment or identity. And to be honest, when I read the worldly definitions, or I guess the dictionary definitions, they felt pretty innocuous. Consciousness of own, one's own dignity. Confidence and self-respect as, expressly by, as expressed by members of a group, typically one that has been socially marginalized. Okay, That one's talking about the whole pride movement in, in specific. Um, and then the first one is a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction <coughs> derived from one's own achievements. Okay, so that seems pretty like uh, It's harmless. hard because I think, yeah, because it's like if, you know say you were like, oh, I went to the gym for a year and I did really well, like you can take some good sense of accomplishment in that, right? Like, and that's, it feels good. Is that pride? It is, but there, okay, so there are two biblical views of pride. Right. There's the kind that God hates and there's the kind that is uh, spoken of by Paul in Galatians 6, 4. He says, but let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. That's kind of taking a sense of pride in what you do. Then mm-hmm. there's First uh, Corinthians 7, 4. It says, I am acting with great boldness toward you. I have great pride in you. I'm filled with comfort and all your affliction. I'm overflowing with joy. And that's the kind of pride that we express over the accomplishment of loved ones. Mm. Right. And so there are, there, there are a sense, there are senses where pride is, I think, biblically permissible, biblically beneficial. Um, but the type of pride we're talking about here today is the kind that I would say God hates, the kind that is self- um, aggrandizing, puffing oneself well, it up. Consumes, it consumes you, right? And that your yeah. thoughts are like, <clears throat> excuse me, more about you, yourself, and not and less about God and his ways, right? So when your pride begins to puff you up and you have a wrong perspective, a higher view of yourself and too low of a view of God, that's kind of where we yeah. fall, right? And that would be the, what I would say like, <clears throat> is the biblical 
like definition of that kind of pride. Right. How this plays itself out in marriage can be really kind of small or it can be huge. Yeah. It just depends on, you know, maybe you have, you have an argument over faith, right? And one of you, whether the husband or the wife thinks that God is irrational or that Christianity is, is foolish or whatever. They're elevating themselves above all the whole of scripture, right. all of Christian tradition, um, God himself. That's the kind of pride that can really, um, kind of erode the foundations but then the pride that comes from like saying you don't know you can't convince me until i'm convinced it's not true right that's a pride that elevates itself above god's self um, my ability to rationalize above everything else if i can't rationalize it therefore it must be false right and that's that's taking the place of god obviously and humility i think has the same sort of battle right it teeters on this like Either we're humble and we're doormats or we're just walked all over and that's being humble, right? We underst- We think that, oh, if I'm like this, if I just think poorly of myself and woe is me and I'll just let him do whatever and trample over me, say what he wants. Like we we kind of label that as humility when really it's, it's not. Like the humbleness, humility mm. that God talks about and that's in, in the Bible is that, you know, again, it's, 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 it's rooted in the gospel, so we are sinners saved by grace. Right. It's having a right understanding of who we are and mm. who God is. Right understanding. Right understanding. So God is king. God is creator. God is sovereign. He is He is Lord over all. We are not. We are right. submit. We submit to His authority. We mm. and that's good. There, there is a gladness. There is a, a good thing mm. to come from our humility. Yeah, a uh, verse that we love, I personally love, is the beginning of the um, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? And so, wh- why does it say that? Because the fearing the Lord is not I'm afraid of God, but it's I I see God as God, mm. and I see myself as not God, mm. right? And that is the beginning, the trailhead on right. this path toward wisdom, and to have that posture is a humble posture, right? Um, and that's good though. It's a good it's a good thing to be humble because mm, yeah. that is where we are able to kind of own our sin and repent right. and then be brought close, brought into God, right? And where he is able to do his work in transforming our hearts, renewing us, making us a new creation in him, right? When we mm-hmm. are not the end all be all, but when Christ is, when we are, Romans 12 uh, talks about living sacrifices for verse yeah. three, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, yeah. but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Yeah. So sober judgment, sober judgment, that's humility mm-hmm. is uh, it's seeing things rightly when you're not sober, you, you, <laughs> when you're drunk or you're high or something, you know, you can't see straight. Right. You can't walk straight. Your perception up is, up of, is not up. Your perception of life Left is inaccurate. Is right. Yeah. Yeah. Your perception is distorted. Right. And But a sober view is uh nope this is right this is up and down this is left and right Right. this is this is truth and so having that sort of view is the beginning of of humility or is humility and and here's the here's the the thing that i just love okay because a a christian sense of humility is not a it's not a sense of it's not a lowliness that's it's just for lowliness sake Mm. it's the sense of my identity is not king but here's the here's the reality I am loved by the King. Mm. I have been saved by the eternal God of the universe. The triune God has has chosen to reveal Himself to me and soften my heart to Him. And I here I here I stand, a product of His goodness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm humbled by that. But I'm also I am I am just so 
my identity is so secure, it's secure, right? Mm. Being prideful, does, being hum- humble does not mean you're insecure. Right. I think that's what I'm trying to get at yeah. is we have a security in Christ that can still be rooted in and reminded and informed by a great sense of humility, but certainly not insecurity. Right. And so I think a lot of times we, we, we um, conflate the two and we say, if you're humble, that means you're insecure. And if you're prideful, that means you're a secure person, meaning right. that you're confident. Well, you can be confidently humble, and I think there's there's much wisdom in that heart <clears throat> orientation, that heart stance. Right, and so you're asking, okay, wait, how does this all tie into like three sure signs of a healthy couple? Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> in our marriage. So, so again, seeing ourselves rightly, understanding, having biblical humility, and not and understanding what pride is according to the Bible, what humility is according to the Bible, and we see ourselves rightly, we can then enter into understanding and living out what it means to have. Uh, mutual respect for one another in our marriage, to have soft hearts towards each other and to live in transparency about everything within our marriage. Mm. So this humility is is the gospel-fueled humility. That's kind of our key term we want to highlight here is is just the beginning. Like you said, it's the trailhead into these things yep. um, and into having these these signs and these this fruit produced in our marriage. So mm. the first one talking about mutual respect in marriage. We can have mutual respect. Why? Mm. Because... The Bible talks about us both being created in the image of God. I mean, Genesis 1. Yeah, when we see each other as an image bearer. Mm-hmm. Um, it has huge implications of how we treat each other, how we talk to each other. Uh, when I value you, I will talk more respectfully to you. Mm. When I see that you're worth, res- not worth respecting, well, that's, that's what, not and, the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's what, I, mean, I mean, you are. You are. Sorry, that came out funny in my head and in my words. (laughs) But when we say we're created in the image of God, image of God, image bearers, we're saying that is in itself a declaration of dignity. Yes. That I think you were getting at. Yes. That God has said, you bear my image Mm. and in that it is good. And you deserve, you are, you have equal value, worth and importance Mm. at whether you're husband or a wife, you are valuable, worthwhile and important Mm -hmm. as a person made in that image. And that is the baseline. Right. Uh, Gary Thomas, he had a, we had him on the podcast. His interview is coming out in a few weeks probably. Um, but he, he once said something in a, in a blog post that was like, uh, when you see, see your spouse as uh, – so like if so if I'm looking at you, Selena. You're, you're God, God is my father-in-law. Like you're God's daughter before you're my, you're my wife. Mm. You're God's daughter before you're my wife. And so therefore you're God's daughter-in-law. In other words, I will report to – to my father-in-law, my divine father-in-law, mm-hmm. with a sense of like, here's how I've honored your daughter. I've loved her well. I've cared for her heart. I've provided for her. I've not just financially, but I've provided spiritually and emotionally, and I've been a, a generous husband to mm-hmm. her. Or or I can say I've abused her in a way that maybe I've not valued her. I'm not meaning physical abuse, although God forbid that's the case. I don't want to gloss over that part of it. Pride will will well up in all sorts of kind of insidious ways. Mm -hmm. But if I've taken her for granted, I've not appreciated her, I have not cared for her. Or loved her how Christ has loved the church, right? Yeah, so that's what we mean by mutual respect. We see each other through that lens of you are a co-heir with Christ. You are an adopted son or daughter of God. You are made in his image, and therefore you are valuable, worthwhile, and important, and worthy of loving well. Right. That's mutual respect. Right. And your opinion is valuable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way you articulate things is worthwhile. Um, so good. So many times in our early <clears throat> years, and I still struggle with this, <laughs> is that uh, I would... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
I am a good arguer. And so when we get an argument and Selena's a good arguer too, but for whatever reason, I'm her kryptonite when we get into certain arguments and I could belittle your side of the, the equation. And that mm. sometimes looked like belittling you. And it was never like I set out to belittle my wife. It's just, I would say things in a way that was very dismissive and very, uh, making you feel small in how you thought mm -hmm. about something. And that's a constant struggle to, to, and just my own pride. And that's where it comes from is this sense of pride. That right. Which is I'm the right, contrast. Yeah. And so, on, the, on the flip side of not seeing each other in the image of God, our pride can definitely reject this truth that, you know, mm. we are made in his image. We're again, we're equally worth, we're equally valued. We're worth respecting. Um, but our feelings and emotions can sometimes determine <clears throat> whether or not respect should be given. Sometimes we, we, there's pride and then the pride kind of fuels that those emotions and those emotions affirm again, what we're, what we want to think and believe in that moment. And so we just, instead of, you know, we're at a crossroads, instead of deciding to be humble and to trust God and to trust his word and his instructions on how we should hmm. deal with each other, how we should communicate, how we should love each other. We, we take our road, our high road of pride, right? And then it leads us, it leads us to destruction, which hmm. go, go figure, right? That's what yeah. God's word says about pride. <laughs> so when you say choosing God's way, I'm thinking of like the biblical definition of love in those moments when you're fighting or mm -hmm. you're disagreeing and you think, Hopefully you've memorized it. If not, go into First Corinthians thirteen and memorize what love is. Yeah, and it's or find like an two, app two that verses. can tell you. And love is patient. Music. Love is kind. It is gentle. It's not self-seeking. It does not boast. Right. It's it hopes all things and endures all things. It's long-suffering. And so, if we're having an argument, and I'm thinking through myself, I'm going to choose to be right. It doesn't say love is right. <laughs> it doesn't say love is correct. <laughs> it's true. It says love is patient. It's kind. Right. So in those times of disagreement. If I'm operating out of a sense of biblical um, perspective, meaning I'm seeing things soberly, I'm seeing myself soberly, knowing that this needs to instruct how I love my wife. They're not just suggestions. Mm -hmm. They're declarations of what love is, the mm -hmm. substance of it itself. They can say, I need to be patient right now. Why? Mm -hmm. do, I don't feel like being patient right now. Well, you know what? Humble yourself to <laughs> God's word and be patient. Yeah. <laughs> Humble yourself to God's word and, and endure this with your wife. Mm -hmm. Be kind. Do the actions of love and wait for the, the feelings of love to right, follow. Right. It's an action-reaction thing. Yeah. But it starts from a humble posture towards God's word. So uh, I think that's what you were talking about when you say, like, we, yeah. in contrast, we humble ourselves to God's way, not choosing our highway of the pride. So. Right. And we can, again, we can have mutual respect because, A, we're both created in God's image. Mm. Therefore, we're both valuable. B, even though we're different, we're both, again, of equal value, worth, and importance. Um in God's yeah. eyes, we're not, we have different roles, but we're equal in value. So how this might play out on the pride side is, you know, we look at Ephesians 5 talking about submission, wives submitting to your husband, the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. But there's also the husband love your wives. So, so this, <laughs> this whole roles area is, is obviously a, wow. a hot topic. But when we, when we see ourselves again, as co-heirs, as children of God, made in his image, we're going to, mutual respect can flow into this and yeah. understanding that we don't have oh, to, man. there's, there's a lot of pride around, I think Ephesians five that oh, for sure. we don't always want to dig into or allow to happen. This, we, I want to jump ahead. in. I'm yeah. sorry. This is one of those areas where culture will say, did God really say that? <laughs> 
Did God really say husbands or wives submit to your husbands? Yeah. I mean, even in the church, they'll say. Well, it's both sides. I think even, God said this, or did God really say this? Like, yeah, there's, it's, there's a, it's always a distortion. Yeah. There's always a pride that the pride always distorts it. There it is, and it gets us away from the the sober view of it, mm-hmm. the humble view of it, the the letting God get, letting God's word bear its weight on us. We're not bearing our weight on it, mm-hmm. and so yeah, the world will say, yeah, d- d-, even in the church, they'll say. Did God really say submit? I mean, what is, what's the Greek word of submit? And, and what is it? What <laughs> is the context? And how does, I mean, and the reason why I think there's backlash there. Those are good there, questions. They're all good questions, but I think it'll come but back around to a truth yeah. that's probably hard to swallow unless you have a position, a heart posture of pride, yeah. of humility. Yeah. <laughs> unless you have a heart posture of humility. So, and I think there are valuable questions to be asked around that because you said the other distortion is like, hey, you're my wife. You need to submit right now. Or submit. submit, or you know, you are sinning, and I'm going to correct you because I'm the head of this household. Mm. Does that sound humble or prideful? Does that sound like God, Christ loving me, loving you as Christ has loved the church? Right. I, I want to say no. No, no. It doesn't. Sorry, it sounds like rhetorical. I'm. Tr- it sounds like I'm trying to. I'm, Manipulate. I'm asserting my to... authority over you in a way that is domineering and tyrannical right and not loving and kind and patient and faithful and all the things that love is so god's word we tend to isolate passages like that and forget about the rest of scripture forget about god's heart for for both sides of the marriage right right um and also scripture like that is not meant to be a battering ram or a a bludgeoning stick that i say hit you over the head with it and say you submit no it's you read that scripture, yeah. husband, wife, whoever's reading that, you read that and read it to yourself. Don't read it to your spouse. Read it to yourself. Yeah. Take on your part. Let your spouse take on their part. And then you talk about it instead right. of you telling them how they need to apply <laughs> it to their heart. Let God, let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Right. Change hearts. So, so. yes. And mutual respect, again, can only come from this this position of, of humility, biblical mm. humility in marriage, you know, knowing we're both created in God's image. We're different, but we have equal value. Our roles are different. Um, we're also siblings in Christ, and we can esteem each other as co-heirs. I mean, you were kind of touching on this earlier about with Gary Chapman talking about how, you know, we are we are children of God, and we're co-heirs with Christ. So it's Gary Thomas, with by the that, way. Did I say Gary Chapman? Thomas, did I say Chapman? I don't know. It's Gary Thomas, for the One record. One of those good Gary's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, good Gary. <laughs> good Gary. <laughs> Romans 8, again, you know, Romans is just filled with this. I think the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, followers of Christ. Um, so, again, knowing who we are, we are co-heirs with Christ. We are made in his image. Mm-hmm. This is how mutual respect comes, and this all takes no. humility. This all takes yeah. us understanding having a right understanding of who we are and it helps us when we humility and that mutual respect also helps us maintain soft hearts, which is the second big point here. Yeah. That's where it all feeds into these next two and soft hearts is the next quality. Yeah. Soft hearts towards one another, because again, we're reminded of who we are. We are sinners saved by God's grace. You know, how can I hold imperfections and sin against my spouse when I am, I have been saved from so much, right? Mm. God has, my own sin is something that we need to mutually like come together on and say, please help me. You know, I mean, we, an example of this is, yes, we've been talking about possibly getting a little bit of a bigger house because 
there's five of us. Our and family's our, growing. Yeah. Our house is great and we are content in it. Um, we are also trying to think, is there, we want to have room for people to be able to stay with us uh, longer than, you know, 24 hours and be able to be a, a haven not, for people. Not on a terrible right. futon thing that we, <laughs> that's right. That's and so comfy, like, yeah. if I'm, if I'm not, this has been kind of a teaching ground for us because you're coming in saying, you know, I, I feel I'm not sure this is the right decision on a specific house. And I'm saying, but I feel like it's a right decision. I'm not coming in and manipulating. You're not coming in, you know, degrading and just being tyrannical about it. We're both saying here, these are, we're having soft hearts. These are my feelings. I'm saying, I've said this to him probably the last three or four days. Like, these are my feelings. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to like undermine anything. I just, I need you to know these and help me to find God in them because I'm having a really hard time. And I just, I want to be transparent with that struggle. And this morning I said, um, well, what we need to do is revisit what really matters because it seems like you're saying this is what really matters and we do not have the same vision of what really matters on this. Right. And your response was, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) And so, and even though that's And I trust you. I mean, I trust you on that. And that trust has come at a cost. We've had to learn that trust by failing Many times. So having a soft heart. um, Because my pride would easily well up there. And so we see soft hearts in marriage are kind of the result of a true experience of God's grace. And it's also understanding the power of what marriage is, what it is, and how we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest problems is couples will forget, like, I'm advocating for us just like you're advocating for us. (laughs) You say that so many times to me in the heated moments of my, like, arguing, and I'm I'm like, I don't want you on my team. (laughs) I'm mad at you right now. I want you to be on the other team. (laughs) But then you so graciously remind me that you're on my team. I want your flourishing. I want... In my blind best. rage, I, I want, can't hear it. <laughs> I want your, I want your joy. I want, yes. I want to see your joy. Same, and so I think we can harden our hearts to each other if I don't think you're actually looking out for me, um, or I think that you are somehow just trying to undermine me. Right. And I think that's where Paul. I mean, Paul. He said, God so graciously inspired Paul to write those words that love hopes all things. Mm. Right. Not it. It doesn't just hope for what it wants it hopes that like it hopes for the best in those whom it loves Mm. (laughs) like if i love you then i'm gonna hope for the best i'm gonna assume the best that you're not out to get me that you you are my wife the woman that i love that god has given so and so that kind of keeps your hearts softened toward each other right Um, and i think another fruit of kind of the soft hearts area is this this area of forgiveness right in marriage yes soft hearts they can come from a humble heart that understands forgiveness you know in the parable in matthew 2 peter he comes up to god to jesus and he's like lord how often verse 2 will my brother sin against me and i forgive him as many as seven times and verse 22 sorry it was 21 22 Mm. jesus said to him i do not say to you seven times but 77 times so, like, this whole idea of forgiveness was, I think, radically changed by Jesus, right? Because mm. before that, you had to go to the temple, you had to offer sacrifices. There's a whole, like, cultural thing about how forgiveness is granted, mm. where Jesus is saying, no, no one is holier on this whole, like, playing field of life. It's you all and me, right? Jesus is the only one that is wow. above us. That's good. And so when he's saying 77 times, he's he's trying to paint that picture that Peter... You're forgiven. You're, the amount that you forgive does not make you like better or bigger or purer, right? It's the amount that you're forgiving is how much I'm forgiving you. So there is no, there's no, there's no end limit to, to no limit to how many times you forgive. And that's not just applicable to the relationships around us, but what's the first relationship obviously is our marriage. And that's where we see, I think, forgiveness needing to be 
mm-hmm. exercise the most is in our marriage relationship as well as in our relationship with our kids. Yeah. Again, it starts with, you know, in, in our home with God and ourselves, with our spouse, with our kids. It just radiates out from there. When our hearts are hardened, we need again to be reminded of verse 22 Jesus saying I do not say to you seven times but 77 right. times yeah by the way you said I think you said Matthew 2 I mean Matthew 18 it's Matthew 18 my bad uh, go ahead and read oh, that oh that makes sense yeah I'm looking at Matthew 2 Matthew 18 21 through 35 that makes sense that's yeah. what that is I'm sorry so go ahead and read this uh, listeners I mean if forgiveness is something you're struggling with this passage is for you <laughs> because it basically like you said it's a, it it forces us into a posture of, I am so forgiven in Christ, mm. so I need to forgive my brother. Now, that doesn't mean, brother or sister, now that doesn't mean that you immediately are over the consequences, you're right. immediately over the fallout of something, a betrayal or a sin being sinned against, mm-hmm. but it does mean that we we actually have to view each other rightly in the mm-hmm. sense that when we don't for, just go read that parable uh, we also have an episode on this by the way it's, yeah it's um, how to it's, apologize or something like that it's like the art of apologizing yeah, there's also one on one. forgiveness i think too <clears throat> so go Excuse back me. and look for that i just want to say too that i've been reading a lot of books lately i don't know just it's been so good for my heart and soul and it's caused the bible to become more alive as well because you read these stories and they're good but then you read the bible and it's life right mm-hmm. and <clears throat> excuse me so when jesus uh I believe it was in, I can't remember where it was. I was dealing with worry and anxiety. I was talking to you about that. And uh, Jesus says, is not life more important than food and clothing? And like Jesus yeah. has this way of presenting such a rich reality to us that is... Hmm. It's almost like he's the Messiah. Right. Obviously. <laughs> and then here here he does it again, though. Jesus said to him, you know, I don't say seven times, but 77 times. Like, this. Is, here's the open door to this greater, beautiful, brighter way of living mm. Not just for the living's sake, but for my for God's glory, right, and yeah. for our goodness. When we are able to understand rightly <clears throat> that we are forgiven of much, that life is more important than food and clothing. That life, yeah. there's there's more to this than what you're seeing, Peter. Right, this whole seven times. There's way more to this. And let me just, Jesus, such a, he's such a good author of that, right? And yeah, and. Speaker yeah. and illustrator, he he is king. He yeah. is the Messiah. Yeah. Well, and 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 again, back to the gospel, right? Gospel fueled humility. When you mm-hmm. can see him as the king that he is, then we can say, "Oh, your words bear a lot of weight on this right. situation," and right. I can actually rest in that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So recap: we got one more sign, but these three signs of a healthy couple. Uh, the first one is mutual respect, and that plays itself out in three different ways. Go ahead and listen again if you want to hear those three ways. Uh, the second one is soft hearts. Um, having soft hearts toward one another in marriage soft to- and soft hearts toward God mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and then the third one is transparency about everything. And uh, this is a kind of a chord that we harp on a lot because I just think it's such a necessary, um, rare thing nowadays is that for a couple to live in a way that's completely known and therefore enjoying the um, the joys of being fully loved, both you're already fully known by God, whether you know it or not, whether you admit <laughs> it or not. want to believe it or not, yeah. And therefore, you're loved more than you vastly, vastly more than you ever realized. You're more, Tim Keller has a quote, he says, the beauty of the gospel is this, that I'm far worse than I ever imagined and loved far more than I ever dreamed. Mm. Right? Something to that oh, effect. Oh, Tim. Oh, Timmy. Oh, Timmy <sighs> K. Just so, end the podcast there. <laughs> and so that's, and so transparency 
um, is the way that we kind of get to the root of those things and actually see sanctification happen in our lives and we see connection happen around the gospel, not just because of, but around it. Like it's this warm fire. We are in this forest and we are freezing because it's wintertime and there's snow. And here we are huddling around this warm, life-giving truth of the gospel and Mm -hmm. saying, we're in this together. I am freezing out here. I I need this. I need the gospel to sustain Mm -hmm. me. It's so much more than a small fire, by the way. But the the imagery is strong is that I, we are now huddling around it together. It is the objective, not my sin, not my shortcoming, not my perfection, not Mm -hmm. what I think is perfection, Mm. but it's instead we can rally around this truth that uh, we are loved in Christ and we can walk in the light as John instructs us in 1 John 1. And this is a, another another one I just love. Is just, he says this, 1 John 1, 5, 5, I'll start in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We talked about light at the beginning of this podcast. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And that's the same <clears throat> lie that Eve believed in the garden and mm-hmm. Adam and Eve believed in the garden. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. So a few things there, these are covered in our book, see through marriage, which will come up in a few months. A uh, quick plug, go to see through book.com to join the, the launch team. <laughs> <laughs> but a few things that come out of there says, if we walk in the light, walking is an active verb. It's not sitting, staying, standing, mm-hmm. waiting. It's walking. It's going through the business of life, moving forward in life, going about your, your days, mm-hmm. walking as one in the light, okay? And then, okay, so that's the first one. It's a verb, active verb. Then we have what? We have fellowship mm. with one another. We, have, we actually know each other. Right. We can actually be known and loved. I can know and love you. You know and love me. This is in marriage, but also within the context of Christian community. And then the second thing, the second result is, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All right. So we are already positionally righteous, but there's still a cleansing happening, a sanctification happening, being made more holy. That's what sanctification means. Um, And so that's a beautiful picture. And verse eight, you didn't go to it, but I want to just read it. It says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Mm. We don't confess. If we confess our sins, though, verse nine, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from mm. all unrighteousness. So again, the flip side of this, yeah. of this, of humility, of being transparent, is is pride. The opposite side, the contrasting side, uh-huh. which makes humility shine brighter, is is pride. Right? Mm. Pride would pride wants us to hide. <laughs> pride would say, you know, we we have it all together. We're going to put up this front. We don't need anybody's help. We just need to take care of it ourselves. Um, everybody deals with things, right? Like we can do it. It's fine. Transparency is 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 no. Transparency is humility. Transparency well, it, is saying, I'm going to allow myself to be known. I'm going to, in yeah. the struggle, in the yuck, in everything that I'm going through, the because reason, I trust. Yeah, yeah that's just it. Is, is it when you are transparent, you are functionally putting to use the belief that you proclaim with your mouth by saying, I trust my identities in Christ. Mm. You can't be transparent without actually doing that. Yeah. It's easy to hide and say you do that when you actually don't do that, which is what John talks about in verse 10, which mm-hmm. you didn't get to. <laughs> it says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and yeah. his word is not in us. Mm. Let that soak in. So when we're not transparent, we're effectively saying we've not sinned. Mm. I've always, you know, I've, I've always felt like or thought is instagram like just one big lie are we just lying (laughs) putting out lies i mean 
Well, what's the alternative, though? I mean, no one wants to see... No, no, no. You know, like... I want to see your beautiful mess, Ryan. <laughs> Just a that. messy bun. I got no. a messy top Stop. bun. Stop. It's my mess. Oh, it's beautiful. You're going to have to delete. Um, <laughs> no, that's a thing. No, I just, yeah. I, that's, that's where my conviction lies in some of that stuff. Am I being prideful? Am I hiding things? Or am I just really like displaying kind of a moment in time? Anyways, that's mm. a whole other podcast. It's but... funny how it was started as a platform just to kind of share beautiful moments. And then it became this like platform for proving that you... Yeah. Your whole life is a beautiful moment. <laughs> oh, anyway, no, that ain't true. It, yeah. And you know what? Okay. Again, it's in the book that's coming out, but we did a, <laughs> there's a bunch of research on how people are literally yeah. going into debt to For fake sure. this life. Yeah. They, and they are, they, they, what the study said is they're like superheroes in reverse, that their public identity is the, the one that everybody knows them by is not their hidden identity, which would normally be your superhero identity. Right. Their public identity is their superhero identity. And then their hidden identity is that they're at home crying themselves to sleep at night. Like, Let's like, not laugh. That's I'm not... saying, the, no, the, the trend is, it's, yes, it's, it's to me, it's ironic so, and, yes, yeah, it's so ironic. And so you kind of, we yeah. kind of fall in one of two camps, right? We either are experiencing kind of these three signs of, of being a healthy couple while we have mutual respect yeah. for each other. We have soft hearts and we're living in transparency. And sometimes that's cyclical. We can be nailing it and feeling good about our marriage. And sometimes we're not. So I guess kind of the questions, I would say the conversation challenge would start with, you know, talking about these three steps of do we have mutual respect for each other? Do you feel respected by me? Why or why not? You know, and then beliefs are going to come up in this whole idea of respect. And, you know, Mm. do you feel like my heart is soft towards you in these things? Why or why not? I don't feel like we're being transparent about some things. Let's talk about this. So go through these, have a conversation. You know, we really pray that your marriage is one marked by mutual respect, soft hearts, transparency on every level, you know, and we're trusting that, you know, there's going to be tools. These will be some tools to help you walk through some of the storms. Speaking of which, I do want to touch on a few different, I know we have very few seconds left, but uh, this translates and trickles down into, like we said at the beginning, into every area that you might have experienced frustration in. Barring any, you know, kind of psychological needs, right? There's sometimes right. there's right. hurt that's so deep that you can't yeah. just get over it. You need to have someone walk with you through it. Yeah. That person could be a doctor, I mean, a psychologist, could a be a pastor, it could be a friend, a yeah. counselor, mentor. mentor. Um, so barring anything like that, okay, if that's you, go get help. Yeah. First off, yeah. don't don't just listen to this don't podcast hide. and try Pride to fix would it. Hide. Yeah, go get don't help. Feel like you hide. If you don't have a way of getting help, um, t- find a good church on our website. There's a way to find a counselor. There's ways to find a church. There are amazing resources out there. Mm. But so, but if that's not you, meaning there's not a trauma that is psychologically kind of embedded right now, um, this can trickle down in ways that would change even the aspects of your sex life. How are you mm. approaching your sex life with humility? Mm. Instead of trying to get out of my spouse what I'm supposed to get out of them, mm-hmm. maybe I need to bring something and be humble. Mm. And and you know, it's it's not a matter of just serving myself, but how how can I serve you? Mm. A posture of service, a posture of generosity. Yeah. Um, in your finances, maybe um, your decision making has been rooted in pride instead of humility, rooted in discontent instead of contentment. Maybe that discontentment comes from thinking that God doesn't actually know what's best for you mm. and hasn't provided what's best. He just needs to figure out what's best for you, and then you'll then he'll have he'll be on. He'll be on board with your yeah. master plan. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, your communication yeah. in every aspect. Okay. So again, we're short on time, but definitely maybe think through that in your couple's conversation challenge and how, uh, find a pain point in your marriage and talk about that in light of pride and humility. Yeah. Okay. Maybe just do that. Yeah. Okay. With that said, Selena, can you pray us out today? 
God, thank you so much for your word and how it instructs us. Help our hearts, God, when our pride rages. Help us to take the path of humility. Lead us, Father, in your name. Amen. That was short and sweet. This Just episode. Trying to, keep it. <laughs> trying to keep it short and sweet and mm-hmm. a little salty along the way. Yeah. <laughs> salty and sweet. <laughs> oh, what a treat. <laughs> This episode is? In the can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, thank you for joining us for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. We will see you in about seven days, and until then... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit fiercemarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.